What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be here with one of my special guests and a great friend, Amy Natalie. She is a women's empowerment coach and a feminine embodiment guide. She has over a decade of coaching experience, and she really specializes in helping women emerge as their most authentic, confident, fully expressed self, which, of course, you know I had to have her on the show. Um, her mission is to ignite women into their feminine power so they can live live a life of freedom, pleasure, fulfillment, purpose, all the delicious things. Amy is a community leader. She holds transformational spaces for women to experience radical healing and deep soul connection through her retreats, workshops, events, and group coaching programs, and her upcoming book. And she's also the host of the Feminine Frequency podcast, which has over 500,000 downloads, over 275 episodes, and reaches women all around the globe. Amy, hi, welcome. I am so happy you're here. What's up, Sam? Thanks for having me, babe. It is such an honor and a delight to be here. I always love playing with you in these spaces of leadership and self-expression. And yeah, I am just really excited to see what comes through for us today. Yes, me too. I knew I wanted to have you on because we haven't had a conversation in, I feel like the last time we podcasted together was over like six months ago. And when you're doing personal development and you're growing a business and growing as a person, it's insane how much change and how much growth and transformation can happen in six months. And it's like, oh my God, we have so much to catch up on. You're writing your book. You're releasing your book. When this episode is airing, your book will either have just launched or will be about to be launched. So I feel like let's just start there because this is the most exciting thing going on in your world right now. It's something I'm beginning on the journey of book writing. And can you just like tell us a little bit about the book and that journey? Mm, yeah, I would love to. And just some reflections like we we've known each other, I think a little bit over two years now, we met in a, a mastermind setting and just like had so much alignment. And it's been so cool to see how both of us have continued to evolve and the ways that our missions and our visions and our, our work has really taken us in, in our own directions. And yeah, it's cool to sit here as this version of us where, you know, I'm publishing a book, you're writing a book and like, so freaking cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big deal. So yeah. So I freaking wrote a book, which is, has been quite a journey and I'll just share a little bit about like the writing process, because I think that it can be so easy to, you know, read a book and, and listen to, to someone speak on a podcast and be like, Oh, it was just kind of like easy for them. But like, this was such a deep personal growth journey, even writing the book, you know, these teachings from the book, which is called the feminine way, reclaim your feminine energy so that you can create a life of vitality, aliveness, and pleasure. Like this book has been my own inner work for the last six or seven years. And now it's finally coming to fruition in written form, but like a lot of my own inner work while writing the book was around like perfectionism and it was around imposter syndrome and 
even navigating this dance between the masculine and feminine energy in business and in the creative process, because that's what the book is about. And so, yeah, like there were so many points where I I was like, I don't know if I should write this, like, is this good enough? And like, I think that's such a quality of, of an entrepreneur really. And of someone who's really deeply devoted to the, the path of evolution is like, okay, those things are going to come up and, we either are going to let them stop us, which a past version of myself for sure would have done self-sabotage, procrastinated, like would never have gotten to the end of this book. And like, here we are, and we get to rise above those limiting beliefs and those, that inner critic and those fears and those doubts. And then when we do that, like, not only does it feel super fulfilling for us on a personal level, but now like this book gets to touch the lives of thousands of people. And that's really the energy behind this book that I feel is like the timing for this and the need for this wisdom, like this is the time for it. And so I'm, I'm excited to share more about the book today and offer some of the wisdom from the book and yeah, give, give your listeners a new resource for their own lives. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm, I'm so excited to read it. Obviously I had the pleasure of doing a little sneak peek of the first few chapters and writing a, um, a little word of like, everyone needs to get their hands on this book, which I feel so honored and privileged to have done. But I think that what you're saying is like anything that's worth pursuing and that's big enough is going to come with a certain level of resistance that is going to make you feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. Like, and I, I'm right now I'm reading the book, The War of Art, and it's all about the resistance, right? This like really sticky, like kind of funky, really sneaky, sabotage way that your brain likes to keep you where you are which is not doing the thing that you want to do right and like it's so easy to be like I'm gonna write a book one day I'm gonna write a book one day and you say it year after year after year after year and then finally when it comes time to like put pen to paper or fingers to keypad it's like oh shit I'm writing a book you know and it's like all the stuff comes up and it's like whether you're writing a book or starting a business or putting yourself out there in the dating world it's like this say, and it doesn't matter how much money you've made, how experienced you are as an entrepreneur, how many books you've written, it still comes up every time. And it's like, actually, all of that resistance is a good sign because that means you're growing past your edge. And so I want to just also say thank you for being vulnerable because a lot of people don't talk about how fucking hard it is to do anything, really, anything meaningful with your life that's not the same thing to get out of your comfort zone to write a book like oh my god that's a dream for so many people and I just want to like say thank you for being so real because I think a lot of people that maybe want to write a book or have this goal in their heart they're waiting for the right time and it's like just start the chapter you know just start speaking into your phone and documenting the, the chapters and that's really where I'm at right now it's the beginning phases of all right like three chapters every two weeks I'm meeting up with my co-author. We're holding each other accountable. It's so easy to want to bail. But when you have the vision and you're like, nope, I'm fucking doing it. And then you, you start to notice all the sneaky ways. Like, so just props to you. I am so excited to have this book on my bookshelf, <laughs> bring it in the van, see it on your shelf. Like, oh, you're an author. Uh, Yeah. And I just will say like the artwork on the book. I, I mean, obviously like I chose it and it's, it's something that 
speaks really deeply to me, but it feels like it really captures the essence of the book. So you'll see on on the cover of the book when you go to pre-order it or purchase it that there's this beautiful rose and it's got this like gold, um, gold detailed lining. And then it's got this kind of like watercolor, like soft, uh, red, rich, like beauty. And it's, it's the outline of a rose. And actually I have a tattoo on my wrist, which Sam was there when I got this tattoo in Tulum of a rose. And really the rose is a symbolism or the symbol of the divine feminine. Um, It's really about inviting in that like softness and that openness and that like, um, yeah, along with that softness, it still has that like strong stem and the, the thorns for like boundaries and, and really like have standing in your power. And so to me, the rose is just such an epic symbol of, of the divine feminine. And so I was like, oh, it's gotta be on the cover of this book. (laughs) Yeah. When I saw the artwork, I was like, yes, like full body. Yes. Like I would pick that off the shelf. And I feel like that's when, you know, like, it's like the cover has got to be good. It's got to be alluring. And then you open it and you read it and, oh guys, like go pre-order it or order it depending on the date of this episode, it comes out on September, I mean, um, November 11th, 11, 11, 2023. Mm-hmm. So get your hands on it the feminine way. Um, go search it in Amazon, or you can head to Amy's website and all the details will be there. So I'm so stoked for you, Amy. Congrats. Mm, thanks, babe. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, for everyone to dive in. And, and another aspect that I, I'd love to share just really briefly about the book is that I have recorded, a bunch of different meditations and embodiment practices to go alongside the book because what I've found on my own journey is that when you read something or listen to something, it is very different than actually doing the practices and seeing what comes up for you. So there's a difference between the masculine oriented, like intellectual, like, oh, I understand this logically and I get this concept and I can talk about this concept versus, oh, I have felt this in my body and I have lived through this experience and I have worked through the emotions or the sensations that have come up when I've been in this exploration. And so those are free as part of the book. I've created a a resource section on my website for you to access those as well, which really just helps you bring it into into fruition and bring it into your life. Mm, I love this. Mm. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for everyone listening. I'm excited for you, for us, for just women all over to get their hands, to get your book into their hands. Mm. Um, So I want to start off with a topic that's like near and dear to my heart and yours, all around um, expression, unapologetic expression, self-expression, feminine embodiment, right? Like I know that you and I have both gone on a journey really of embracing the hell out of our most authentic nature, which is so different. You know, you and I are so different, but also so similar. And it's like the way that you express yourself, the way that I express myself is totally different, but it lands for a certain type of person and it activates a certain type of person and it's beautiful. And I would love to just like kind of have a back and forth conversation around like a little bit about your journey and also like the, the work that you've done with your clients and even in writing the book, like kind of how you have come to find your most authentic self. Because I know for me, it's been quite the journey. There's been 
you know, ups and downs and a lots of tools, but let's start there. Like, how does one find that authentic expression? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's helpful to to point out that, you know, unless you've done the inner work to connect with your authentic self, you're most likely living in the default of a construct of your ego. And I like to talk about this, this construct of good girl programming that most women are exposed to as we are growing up in religious societies. We're growing up in more of a patriarchal consumerism society. And through our external environment, we receive messages on how we should look, how we should act, how we should behave, what choices we should make, how our body should be, um, what we should say, what we should not say. And so we become this modified version of ourself, or you could say inauthentic version of ourself. And part of the that version of ourself is true to us, but oftentimes we end up suppressing and repressing certain parts of ourselves in order to fit in, in order to be accepted. As humans, one of our greatest fears is to to be alone. It's that we might get outcast by our family, by our community, by society at large. And then if we get outcast, then we will not survive. So this is a deep survival mechanism that keeps us going back to these ways of being that are not true to who we are. Now, your authentic self is your soul. It is the part of you that is eternal. It is the part of you that chose to be here in this physical vessel of your body. And in our culture, we don't create space to connect with our soul. And this is also the the paradigm, new paradigm, which is the feminine way that I that I teach about in my book, which is okay, creating space to connect with your soul, to listen to your intuition, to get to know yourself on a soul level. And when we do that, we can start to show up as our more authentic self. And for me, one of the parts of myself that was deeply suppressed because of the more religious environment, traditional environment that I grew up in, you know, I went to a private Jewish school growing up. I was raised in a Jewish community. And while there were a lot of values that were really beautiful in that religion, you know, being your your sensual and sexual self was not part of that environment, right? And from a very young age, I've been very sensual and I've had to modify that part of myself or it's been really secret and I've had a lot of shame around it. Even to the way that I dress, the way that I move my body when I dance, um, the way that I speak. And that is something that was suppressed for so long. And it really impacted my joy and my pleasure and how I express myself in the world because that part of me felt so wrong and it felt like I I was, yeah, not able to really fully express that. So that's one example of, of self-expression that's really shifted for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. I kind of forgot about that because I know, I think we've talked about this maybe privately, like off podcast, um, because I grew up going to, you know, Christian schools. I went to a Catholic high school. I wore the skirt. I repented my sins. Like there was so much shame around getting it wrong, like whatever that meant. Right. And you talked about good, good girl programming and releasing the shoulds, right. And the shame. And what I like in, in the journey, as you were sharing this in my journey, it's been so interesting to witness. Wow. All of the, all of the internal dialogue that 
I've noticed, and I also witness in clients, right? Or just in people living their lives of not wanting to get it wrong, not wanting to mess up or say the wrong thing out of that, that deep fear of being rejected or judged or outcast or, you know, not belonging. And, and so like, I think for the listeners too, like whether you grew up in a Jewish community, in a Catholic community, in a whatever community, I think a lot of people can relate to that growing up in some sort of community that maybe muted them or silenced them or made them feel like they had to be a certain way in order to fit in, right? And that's so common, especially for for women and especially just for young people is like, we want to fit in. It's like the classic high school situation, right? But then you get out into the real world and you start a business, you become an entrepreneur. Most of my listeners are entrepreneurs or aspiring ones. And it's not about fitting in, actually. It's about standing out, right? In order to actually build a brand and build something that feels like you, you have to figure out who are you, right? You have to actually understand what makes you your authentic self, right? And you can't be vanilla like when you're actually Rainbow Sherbert, you know, like you can't be this really dim down, quiet, timid person if that's not who you really are at your core and for in in my experience and I want to hear yours like part of why I've loved building a business and being an entrepreneur and having social media as a tool is because I've met so many people and I've had the opportunity to see people in their fullest expression that may have triggered me and made me feel some sort of way, made me feel uncomfortable. Why are they wearing that on the internet? Why are they talking like that? They're too vulgar. They swear, you know, blah, 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 blah. When in reality, that was just part of me that wanted to be more and more expressed. And I feel like maybe this is your, your experience too, but in having a podcast, having a platform, being an entrepreneur, being on social media, it has helped me like nothing ever, ever could become more of me. Like entrepreneurship has been the wholeness journey of like, like recalling and reclaiming all the parts of me that I thought were too much or not accepted or, you know, like anything like that. And like bringing those to the surface and like letting the thing that used to be of such deep shame, like be the part of me that actually gets to stand out and be powerful. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I feel like entrepreneurship and romantic relationships, which I know you talk about a lot too in, in your programs is like, those are such deep, like advanced personal development processes. And, you know, I don't have a kid yet and I don't know if I will, but I like motherhood isn't part of my reality, but I imagine that's like another huge like initiation. Right. But yeah. And in our case, you know, I I do feel like our, our businesses are an extension of us. We are not our businesses, but they're an extension of us. And I talk a lot about magnetism in in my work because, you know, there's, there is this hustle culture where we, we think, oh, if I just work harder, if I produce more content, if I, you know, put myself out there consistently, then it's all going to like work. And I just have to put in more hours and put more effort in. And yes, building a business, of course, requires that masculine effort. You need to put energy into your business. It's not this like what people think it is when they want to start a business. They're like, oh, I just want free time and I want to show up whenever I want to and I'll do this one post and then I'll get clients and it'll be great. Like, good luck, right? Like you've (laughs) got to put in the effort. And can that be combined with the energetics of being your most magnetic self, which also means being your most authentic self, 
people are so drawn to realness. People Mm -hmm. are so drawn to your essence when you are being yourself, not when you're trying to be like someone else online, not when you're trying to be like Sam or like me or like whoever that's famous that you aspire to be like, like there might be qualities that you want that they have, but like, what is it that makes you you? And to be honest, when, when I went through, you know, my spiritual awakening journey started when I was about 26 years old, like I didn't really know who I was outside of the version of myself that I had been living as. And I didn't like, when I asked myself the question, like what brings me joy, what lights me up, what brings me pleasure? Like I had never asked myself those questions or even thought about, Hmm, okay. Like what makes me happy versus doing the default things. And it was through that exploration and, and a lot of surrendering and letting go of my old identity to discover like who I am now, you know, like I, I didn't know anything about the world of pleasure or Tantra or, um, you know, the, the world of self-expression and feminine embodiment before, like that was not who I was back then. And it was through continuing to follow the, the little breadcrumbs of what's lighting me up and of continuing to explore, like, who am I, if I'm not this, like, good girl version of me. Like, and I know that, you know, this, you know, my, my signature program is called the multidimensional woman. And it's like, oh, I get to be all of me. I don't have to be just my identity as a business owner or my identity as a partner or a wife, or I don't have to just be the, the identity of a CEO or a mom. Like you get to be all of you and your fullest expression. Mm, Yeah. Oh, amen to that. I feel like this is like better than any business advice that we could give you. Like this is the sauce, whether it's for the business or for attracting the partner or for just being magnetic in your life. Like, and I know for me, and I, I'll share a few things maybe that I have done and I want to know what's really helped you the most in terms of figuring out who you are. Right. Cause that's never going like process. It's like, I was just having, I was just on a call with one of my mentors earlier. She's like, well, I think just part of you has to die. And I'm like, damn it. I'm always just dying and rebirthing. (laughs) Like it's, it's like, we never get there, you know, like we're always like peeling back the layers and letting the identities die. And it's this, it's this, I'm looking right now at a, um, at a flower right in front of me behind the, behind the screen. And I'm like, it's so funny how that is like the process, you know, it's like you sprout, you, you blossom and then the winter comes and you die and then you rebirth and it's brighter and bigger. And like, that is like, that is like the feminine energy, right? It's like this, it's not always growing forever. And I know for me, two pieces have really empowered me. One solo travel, solo travel really, really helped me figure out who I was when I wasn't with anyone, when I didn't know anyone. How did I show up? Who was I? I realized I was such a flirt. I just wanted to be friends with everyone. I would insert myself. I would be playful. Like I realized that's actually like when I'm, when I'm comfortable in myself, that's who I was, but I was growing up Catholic. Like that is not okay. You know, you have to be like, girls are better, you know, seen, not heard. Like, like all these stories around like, silence yourself, mute yourself, like go, you know, don't take up the space. Whereas 
my true essence is like, I want to be seen. I want to be on stage. I want to like, I want all the attention, like, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, that's not who I was as a kid. I was like, I was just scared, quiet, timid, didn't have a voice, wanted to fit in. So the solo travel really helped me. Um, And also shadow work, right? Like really doing a deep dive into all the parts of me that I didn't want to be, you know? And um, I think probably one of my favorite books for shadow work is The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. That book changed my life and really was a huge part of this feminine embodiment, like being my authentic self journey. And so I definitely want to recommend that book to you guys as well, just in your own like self-discovery journey. But I'd be curious to hear, Amy, like what are some of the things that that you've done to cultivate more of a sense of you and your core essence and really like who you are. Mm. Yeah. I'll, I'll also offer some context. Like when I was not being my authentic self, that resulted in a lot of inner struggle. And Mm -hmm. I think that I really want to highlight that because we can talk about what does it mean to be your authentic self and what does it look like when you're being your authentic self or feel like, but when you're not being your authentic self, there's always that inner battle between like, oh, I know there's so much more and I know I'm capable of so much more and I know something's missing and I'm not like reaching my fullest potential or I'm not being who I want to be. And I'm presenting, like I'm wearing a mask of someone else. And yet internally, like there's something that feels off. And for me that, that really impacted my mental health. I was struggling with depression, with anxiety. I, it impacted my physical health. I have an autoimmune condition and struggled with a lot of inflammation and difficulty losing weight at the time. And so like These are some of the ways that we can know when we're being inauthentic to ourselves or when we're disconnected from ourselves that, that some of these symptoms can, can come to the surface. And really that's just like your intuition screaming at you. It's like, Hey, you're not listening. You're not following your path. So we're going to make it really loud and really obvious to let you know that. And so I bring that up because one of the ways that I found my way back home to myself, the first part of my journey was through meditation. And I I had tried yoga when I was in high school and on and off, and I had tried different meditations on and off, but it wasn't until I was waking up at 4 a.m., super anxious, like really struggling that I felt like I had no choice. Like there was no choice but to go sit my ass down and meditate. And in that meditation process, I started to sift through like, okay, what are the stories that I'm telling myself? Where are the ways that I'm just trying to please others and make other people happy at the expense of my own happiness? And I write about this story in my book too, where it's like, you know, I got to that place of, you know, I am so done trying to live my life to make other people happy. And I'm not willing to do that anymore. And so getting quiet with myself and being intimate with my inner world was Mm -hmm. huge. And being out in nature was huge. I would go watch like the sunrise and the sunset and like really immerse myself into nature to get quiet and kind of tune out the outside noise. So that was a big part of my journey. And then the other piece, which has been kind of, I guess, like the next evolution is feminine embodiment work and really coming back home to myself through coming home to my body, which 
feminine embodiment work for those of you who are not familiar with it. There's many different ways that you can do it, but essentially it's about connecting to your senses. It's about getting out of your mind and into your body. And we can use feminine embodiment work to release old identities, old ways of being stuck emotions, stuck energy in the, in the body as a somatic healing process to then create space for who we really are. And we have all have different ways of expressing ourselves. I grew up as a, as a dancer for most of my life. And then I lost that for a while. I was disconnected from it and coming back to dance, dancing as my form of self-expression really helped different parts of me come online that had been missing for a long time. Yeah. How did I forget about dance? Dance is like the number one practice. <laughs> I'm like I'm pretty sure like that's like how we linked up in the first place because I was like you like to dance in your underwear I like to dance in my underwear let's dance (laughs) it's like and to your point like going back to the very beginning of it's about expression over perfection like in a world of choreographed dance, which we both grew up in we both grew up dancing to choreography to a teacher telling you what to do how to do it to have it be a certain way, to move your foot, to have your aim, you know, when like the practice that you're talking about that I also do, it's like, you're not trying to dance to look a certain way. You're not trying to dance to have an outcome necessarily. You're dancing to be completely removed from the mind, to be in your body, to move your body in a way that feels good, that may look so weird or so sexual or so like, like you're a monster or like you're on the ground and you're like, you know, like actually letting your body move energy. Like you said, like, oh my God, it's so cathartic. And I know it's a practice you guide your clients through as well as mine at retreats and all of this, like actually allowing the body to speak because it's, it holds so much wisdom and the body is the subconscious mind, you know, like we hold, we hold all of that there. So, um, hell yes to dancing as an embodiment practice. (laughs) Yeah. And another one that I love in addition to like intuitive movement that we were talking about, um, ecstatic dance and pole dancing, like both of those methodologies have really helped different parts of me to come online and to really continue to release shame around my body, around my movement, around my expression, like these spaces where you get to be around other people who are like-minded, who are also in the exploration of their own self-expression. Like it, it feels like medicine to me to be in those spaces. Yeah. Yeah. You just touched upon something that I feel like we could kind of go there a little bit, but like around kind of the archetypes, I know that um, that's something that you're super into and I am as well. And you, you were mentioning the pole dancing and I feel like it could be a really cool opportunity to talk about the, just the, the feminine archetypes generally, because so many of the listeners are, you know, juggling maybe a job, they're building a business, they have a family or they're in a relationship And they also have hobbies and there's so many parts of our identity, so many dimensions, right? And I would love if you could just like speak to those archetypes, because I think they're really helpful for us to, to better understand ourselves in, in terms of like, if you guys are familiar with like internal family systems, like parts work, like I've, I found that to be one of the most powerful tools to better kind of understand like the holistic part of like us as women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feminine archetype work is such a great tool for self-exploration and self-discovery. And 
archetype work is originally rooted in psychologist Carl Jung's work. And he was really looking at different archetypes in the collective. And over time, there have been different offshoots from his work where we really distilled down some key core archetypes that are are in the collective consciousness. Now, an archetype is essentially a character that has certain characteristics or attributes. And each archetype has its shadow attributes, which are kind of like the wounded or the the unhealed or unhealthy attributes when it's out of balance. And then it also has its highest expression or its empowered expression. And so each archetype has both of these expressions, which I think is, is important to note. Um, the, the archetypes that, that I talk about in my book, I talk about the, the maiden archetype, which is more of like that, that inner child, which can, can be the parts of you that are sensitive, that are sweet, that are curious, that are, um, you know, connected to that awe and that wonder and that aren't taking life so seriously. I think as entrepreneurs, we can do that. And people in personal development journeys, like we get so serious and the, the inner child and the, the maiden archetype really brings us back to that sense of play. And I know that you're so good at connecting with play. Um, it's something that I love so much about you. Um, you know, another archetype when we talked about pole dancing or just like reconnecting with your sensuality, we've got the, the sensual siren or the, the priestess archetype, the seductress archetype. And she's really like the lover and she is, is really connected to her body. She's super magnetic. She's super connected to her feminine power and we can tap into her to, to bring back that aliveness and that sense of pleasure, not just in sexual intimacy, but in our lives of like that delicious yumminess of like enjoying a hot beverage or enjoying like a cozy sweater or like the breeze of the skin uh, of the air on your skin. Like there's so many ways that we can embody her. And then another one that I really love is, is the wild woman and the wild woman really helped me to break out of the good girl archetype the most. It helped me to break out of the perfectionist archetype. The wild woman is the one that's like unapologetic. She's messy. She's, um, she's really fierce and she, she has like a lot, she has really great boundaries as well, but she's just in that unapologetic expression, which is what we've been talking about a lot today. So we can use these different archetypes, no matter where you're at in your life, there's going to be different times in your life where you're going to want to call upon different attributes or different parts of yourself. Maybe there are parts of yourself that, that need more love and attention or parts of yourself that, that want to be expressed. And so through understanding these different archetypes, um, we can, we can really bring them into our life. And in my book, I have specific practices for each of these archetypes. Like if you want to experience more of the seductress archetype, it's like, okay, buy yourself some lingerie and like dance around or like make yourself a really yummy, delicious, like rose goddess bath and, and luxuriate in that. Right. So there's different ways that we can call upon these archetypes and bring them into tangible practices in our life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this and I love the, like bringing the say seductress archetype into business. Like, it's like, what if you were to do mundane, mundane business tasks, like admin work in a lacy thong. Like, 
what would happen if you infused the part of your business that you don't really want to do, but you know, it's important, <laughs> like with some sort of pleasure, like lighting a candle or having flowers or wearing a hot outfit. It makes the practice of doing the actual masculine actions so much more enjoyable. And when it's easy to just avoid them and not do them, it's like, can you add and infuse pleasure and fun and play? Or can you reward yourself with one of these archetype archetypal expressions after you do the thing, right? Like it, it's like, I love finding ways to kind of like play these games with myself, especially when I have to do things that I, you know, that maybe aren't the thing that I'm like really so excited about. I know that it's important for me to do. And it's like, can we use these archetypes as a way for us to kind of motivate and reward ourselves and actually allow ourselves to do the things we know we need to do, but make them more enjoyable so that it's not like I'm sitting at my computer, you know, in my outfit, like it's quiet. There's no vibe. Like there's no, there's no scent. There's no, it's just like, you're in this cubicle. Like, well, of course you don't want to do it. Like gross, you know, like we want to be stimulated. We want pleasure. We want a nice sense. Like, oh my God, how much that, how much of a difference that makes, even when you just change your outfit, you know, when you put on something that makes you feel good, you want to do good, you know? And like, that's the ultimate like feminine way. (laughs) Like that's it. Like when you, the better you feel, the more good you want to create. So I love these archetypes so much. And now I'm like, Ooh, I want to have some fun later. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Super fun. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, so let's wrap up. I think the last kind of the last big topic that we could just jam on here is the the concept of cyclical living, whether it's in business or in life. I'm looking outside right now and I'm like, ooh, it's, you know, we're in the fall season. It's starting to feel like fall, you know, it's sweater weather, starting to be cozy drink, more cozier drinks and um you know, the sun's going down earlier and I would love to hear some of your best practices and really like how you even have learned to be more cyclical, whether it's with nature or also like with your cycle, you know, running a business and living your life, um, kind of how you manage that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking outside my window now and the trees like have just started to change in these last few weeks here. And yeah, I, really feel like my, my soul was called here. I live in Asheville, North Carolina. Sam came to visit me here too. And like, it's just so beautiful. And I've never, I haven't lived for most of my adult life, haven't lived in a place that has seasons. So that's like a big way where I feel like connecting with nature has reconnected me to my own cyclical nature as well. And the importance of this is that, you know, we are nature, we are connected to nature and we often forget that. And there's so much wisdom in honoring our cycles, especially in a culture that is so addicted to producing and hustling and like proving our worth and constantly being productive. Otherwise we feel like we're lazy. It's like, okay, that's so not sustainable, especially as entrepreneurs. And both Sam and I have been in the place of, you know, getting to that place of burnout and then not enjoying your business and feeling like you want to throw it out the window. And it's like, that's not, that's not going to be a sustainable way forward. So honoring your cyclical nature is learning how to listen to your body. And especially as a woman or a feminine being, 
you know, we have our, our monthly menstrual cycles that we can, we can tune into. And, you know, for someone like myself who had been on birth control for 10 plus years, like coming off of birth control was a big part of that for myself and my own journey of actually listening to the symptoms and the signs that my body was telling me and learning about the different parts of my cycle and how my energy felt during those cycles and what, what part, what, what, part of my cycle? Did I feel the most creative? What part did I want to go more inwards? Um, you know, what, how can I align that with, with my business? So for me, what I do is I see my clients three times a month. Um, and I always have a week off of client work, which is usually the week before my menstrual cycle. And I'm very intentional about not booking podcasts or booking things that are going to require a lot of external extrovert energy from me. That doesn't mean I don't work during that week, but it means that I focus on different things that actually feel good during that time. And I give myself more space if I'm feeling tired, if I have cramps, if I just like need that space for extra nourishment. And then when I do that the week after my cycle, I usually have so much energy and I'm like, oh my God, I want to create all of the things. And I'm excited to be speaking on podcasts and like putting myself out there and creating and all of that. And so when we learn how to honor these cycles, that's when our life starts to be more in flow versus having a lot of like resistance and being like, why am I not creative right now? And why do I feel so tired? And it's like, we're working against ourselves and that is not supportive for our businesses or for our well-being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, amen to that. I, it's like reason like 500, why I feel like entrepreneurship can really support women in such a powerful way because working a 40 hour week, nine to five, every single day of the month is just not practical. It's like, who is actually working eight hours a day? You know, like, who, like it, it's kind of insane to me that employers still think that's like a good way to practice like working. And to your point, like I just ended my cycle and I'm the same way. I take a week off of like client facing work and that's a practice I've implemented maybe in the last six months or so. And it's really changed my life. It's so nice because like it, it was only one of my mentors who did that, that I was like, permission slip granted. I will do this. This is amazing. Like we get to run businesses in a way that actually serves us. And this is something I was just talking about in my program, Badass Biz School, which is all about running a business as a woman, right? It's like filling up yourself first and then creating from the overflow, like putting your body before your business. And I think in a culture that really goes so hard on performance and um, achievement and success, which I love, <laughs> we all do, we can't do that at the expense of our health and our well-being because like you said, burnout's not sustainable. And it's like, if you're in this for the long haul, which I know we both are and everyone listening, like, I know you have that desire to do this work for a long ass time. Like we're young, you know, we're so young in the scheme of how, how long our careers are going to be. Don't do, don't hurt yourself now. You know, it's like, if you start noticing, you're noticing yourself get sick or get injured, like, or have some sort of somatic thing happening, trust that that's your body telling you something and that you got to slow down and listen because making the next financial milestone is not worth it. If you feel like shit, you know, like really prioritizing your well-being, your mental health. I mean, you and I have talked so much about like mental health off the scenes, like 
wow, it's so easy to just get caught up in that whirlwind. And I still have moments like that where I'm like, oh, I'm going a little too fast. You know, my body's like, we got to like pump the brakes a little. And it's like just starting to let the body tell us when it's time to take action and when it's time to slow down and the body will never steer us wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So powerful. Amen to everything you just shared. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So let's wrap this up. This has been amazing. I feel like we could go on for hours, um, but I want to know where can people find you? Obviously they know you have your book, Feminine Way that comes out November 11th. So you guys go pre-order it. We'll put the link in the show notes as well. Um, but where can people find you online, social podcast, all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the podcast is called the feminine frequency podcast. I've had Sam on at least once, maybe a couple of times, but freaking love having you as a guest on there. And I've had so many incredible other beautiful authors and speakers and coaches and mentors and all of that on the, on the show. So come on over and check out the feminine frequency podcast. And then you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Amy Natalie co. And if you're curious about purchasing the book, the best place to go is to my website, which is Amy And you'll see there's a tab that says book and just click there and you'll have all of the info right there to purchase it. And I'm so excited for everyone to be able to dive deeper into this work. And I know how transformational certain books have been in my life. And so my, my deepest desire is that this book reaches women at the perfect time in their journey and that it serves them in all facets of their life. So, yeah. Mm Thank you so much, Amy. You inspire me on the daily. I'm so grateful to be, to have our friendship. Um, I'm really excited for everyone to get their hands on your book um, and for this episode to air. And everyone listening, please screenshot this episode and tag us. Let us know your biggest takeaway. Let us know how you're going to be implementing the feminine way into your life. Are you going to start shifting the way that you work, the way that you live, how you operate with your cycle? Are you going to start dancing in your in your black lacy thong? <laughs> what are you going to be doing? What are your biggest takeaways? We love you so much and we will see you on next week's episode. Bye guys. <laughs>